The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descendant from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel of multitude of heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and newborn Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch. the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. Those are the opening lines, of course, to the now uh, perennial favorite published in 1957, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, I've been thinking about that for a very particular reason this year, which I'll get to in a second. But before I do that, I want to offer first a sort of, I'm going to call it a defense of the Grinch. I don't mean of the story, I mean the character. Um, because I think he gets a bad rap, the Grinch. Uh, it is true, as you all just reminded us, that he did not like Christmas. It's true that he plotted and schemed to steal it from the good people of Whoville. It's true that he lied to cute little Cindy Lou Who. It's true that he made his dog Max look ridiculous as a reindeer while he stole all of the presents and all the food. But that was at the beginning of the story. And I think sometimes we forget how the story ends. And the whole point of the story is that the Grinch changes. 
that the Grinch is transformed, whereas he hates Christmas at the beginning of the story, by the end he loves it, whereas at the beginning he's outside of the celebration, at the end he is right in the middle of it, carving the roast beef. The point of the story is the growth of the Grinch's heart, which grew three sizes that day. And yet, what do we hear at Christmas time? We hear the song, You're a Mean One. So I just want to stand up in defense of the Grinch for, for a moment, because he's not a mean one by the end of the story. He's actually a good one. And he's better that at the end than he was at the beginning. And who couldn't ask for more than that, right? So the defense of the Grinch. Now, I, here's why I've been thinking about the Grinch. Um, and some of you may have heard the story. This is a true story. Um, a few weeks ago, a little boy, his name is Tylon Pittman, lived in Mississippi, he's five years old, was watching, you guessed it, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He must not have watched to the end because he was slightly distraught um, and he decided he had to do something about this Grinch who was going to steal Christmas. And so, of course, what did he do? He called 911. <laughs> uh, actually, he called it multiple times and then kept hanging up. Uh, as you may know, if you call 911 and hang up, they call you back, which they did. Eventually, they talked to him, and he explained, it's a dar you can look this up, it's a darling little conversation. The 911 operator is incredibly sweet, um, and he explains, I'm just calling to tell you that you got to keep your eye out for this little Grinch because he's coming to steal Christmas. And they've got a little conversation. Eventually, the operator says the uh, interesting question, is there perhaps an adult in the house? And you can hear this on the tape, little Tylon, again, five years old, walking over to find his dad. Hey, dad, here's the phone. It's 911. <laughs> Which is just what any father of a five-year-old would like to hear at Christmas. Um, so they have a conversation, the father and the 911 operator. And again, it's, it's kind of delightful. He apologizes. She says it's not a problem. And then the police get involved. If you followed this story, you may have heard about this. They actually stage the arrest of the Grinch. And they let little sweet little Tylon participate in, in his arrest. Now, again, charming, delightful, beautiful story. But here's the thing. I think it actually is related, believe it or not, to what we're doing here tonight. Let me tell you why. Uh, I, I love what Tylon did in making that call for two reasons. First reason, he's trying to protect something that he loves. He's trying to save something that's important to him. He's trying to prevent the Grinch from stealing Christmas. That's the first thing. The second thing is, and I don't think Tylon even gave this any thought, but the second thing, the instinct he has is, I am not strong enough to take on the Grinch. I need help. I need reinforcements. I need someone stronger than I am. And so he calls 911. And I'm going to submit to you tonight that the Christmas story has exactly those two dynamics in it. I also freely grant that the characters are a little different. The primary actor here is God, but the instinct, the intent, the motivation is the same. Uh, in the Christmas story, God says there's something important, there's something valuable, there's something uh, significant that I want to protect. That thing happens to be this beautiful, magical, enchanted, mysterious, wonderful world that we are all privileged to call home. That's the first motivation. God says, I want to protect this thing. The second thing is God says, and I, I, I am 
I become acutely aware that the people in the world are not strong enough to do it themselves, and I'm going to need to help. This is hard-earned knowledge by God. This is sort of the quick summary of the Bible. God makes the world and says it is good, and then things go off the rails pretty quickly. Uh, and God attempts again and again and again to try to set things right through normal people like you and me, God's emissaries, God's ambassadors, God's um, kings and prophets and messengers, and none of those things quite work. So eventually God realizes, uh, you might, if you want to say, he, he both makes the 911 call and responds to it because he realizes we need reinforcements, we need something more powerful than us. He comes himself in the form of a little baby, in the great mystery of this central fact of our faith, of God coming among us, of the incarnation of Emmanuel, God with us. That's the beautiful, mysterious, amazing story we come here again tonight to remember and to celebrate. And we think, well, isn't that nice? Uh, but then it, we're also free to ask the legitimate question. We're always free to ask this question, so what? Why does it matter? What does it matter to me? Why does it matter to us? And I would like to suggest tonight um, that that point I made at the beginning about the transformation of the Grinch applies to us here tonight. That's what God uh, invites us to reflect on, to think about uh, a life of transformation. And here I'm reminded of one of my favorite quotes at Christmas time. This comes from a, a German. Um, theologian and priest who was a favorite author, actually, of Martin Luther's. He lived a couple hundred centuries before Luther. His name was Meister Eckhart, and loosely translated, his quote is, what difference does it make if Christ was born 2,000 years ago uh, if he is not also born in my heart today? And so the question appropriately is, well, what does that look like? What does Christ being born in our hearts look like? And let me tell you, first of all, what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like trying harder or trying to be better or trying to work harder, trying to impress God, uh, trying to be perfect. In fact, I would submit that all of those dynamics are part of what create stress at this time of year. Can I get an amen to that? So instead, I think, being transformed by Christ, allowing Christ into our hearts, starts with that same attitude that Tylon Pittman had when he made that call. And he didn't even think about it. Those of us who are a little older maybe have to think about it. It's that attitude of humility, the attitude of honesty, when we say to ourselves and to God, I can't do this by myself. I need reinforcements. And that doesn't mean we're weak, it just means we're honest. And it simply restates what we talk about here in church all the time, maybe particularly um, in the confession where we say we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We can't. We aren't powerful enough. We aren't faithful enough. It's impossible. And the more we try, the more we become frustrated. So it's acknowledging we need reinforcements too. Someone to come and free ourselves. And at this time of year, I'll lift up just a couple of ways that that message is reinforced. One is through the image of light. If you look at your bulletin tonight, if you listen to the prayers, uh, the readings, they are filled with images of light. And the important point there is that the light is coming to us to, to enlighten the darkness of the world and we don't make the light. We can't make the light. At best, we receive it, and we pray that we can reflect it back out into the world. But it's not light that we've created. That's one 
image from this time of the year. The other uh, is all of the beautiful hymns and carols that we sing that are such an important part of this season. And by the way, it's no coincidence uh, that in the Grinch, the Grinch's transformation begins. You may remember this, uh, when he hears what? The good people of Whoville singing. They're singing even though they don't have their presence. And he starts to realize, maybe this Christmas thing isn't what I thought it was. And at Christmas in Advent, boy, we sing some wonderful melodies, and the words in those hymns and carols are also beautiful. And I want to just use one verse of one hymn to reinforce everything I'm talking about here, about how God enters into our story, how we receive the gift of that God, and how we are changed. We'll sing it a little later. This is the third verse of O Little Town of Bethlehem. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given, so God imparts to human hearts, there we have that heart's image again, the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, a world in need of saving, a world that has fallen, a world that is broken, a world that God wants to heal, where meek souls will receive him, where souls that are honest and open and humble enough to say, I need help, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. And when he does, I promise you, you will discover that your heart also grows, just like someone else you may have heard of. Merry Christmas.